0: Rachel Meadle from Talking With Tech.
1: And I'm Chris Bougay from Talking With Tech.
0: We have a podcast dedicated to augmentative and alternative communication, all things related to helping kids with complex communication needs.
1: If you have a passion for helping people with language disabilities, this is the show for you. Each episode features an interview or a roundtable discussion on a topic related to augmentative communication and helping people with language disabilities.
0: And we're really passionate about giving practical strategies to clinicians working in the field who are working with children or adults anything related
1: to AAC. So you can look us up on iTunes or you can find us on Facebook. We've got a group over there. Or check out our website at bit.ly slash TWTPodcast.
0: Please join our community of professionals that are working to ensure that everyone can say whatever they want to say, however they want to say it.
2: The views and opinions expressed during this show do not necessarily reflect, reflect the, the policy or
3: position, or position of any affiliated workplace or employer. The views and opinions of this show do not constitute recommendations for therapy.
1: Please Please contact contact. a licensed SLP for individual consult on your situation.
3: Please listen carefully.
2: What is communication?
3: An essential behavior of life. We have the uh, both blessing and responsibility of trying to foster another. It's
0: transmitting a thought from one person to another. It's
3: the strongest way for two people to convey information to each other.
0: The back and forth between two people. Communication is a lifeline. It's just connection with other people. Connecting people in terms of ideas or thoughts or names. It draws us out of ourselves, draws us into that relationship, you know, builds up our families. Without it, we'd be lost.
1: Whatever it is that we do to express intent and achieve an impact. Communication is the ability to express
0: your needs, wants, frustrations, and desires to anyone that you feel needs to have that information.
1: Welcome to Speech Science, episode number 120. We are proud members of the Exceptional Podcast Network. The whole group is back together. I'm Matt Hot. Joined, as always, our soon-to-be Kansas uh, rep, Michelle Wintering. Hi, Matt. And still representing the the Boys to Men, the city of Will Smith, Michael McLeod. What's up, buddy? I couldn't remember the, the city of brotherly love, so I went with Boys to Men. So the, that, that city also of works. Mike Cloud, that's what it is. <laughs> that's right. Damn on to, right. On today's episode, we will be talking about the Houston medical students turn to speech therapists. We're also gonna talk about signs of COVID in your voice and the return to schools, the big old question. And of course, our informed SLP is special this week. I got Meredith Harold uh, talking about why we need to deep dive into uh, things more than just reading the headlines. We've also got our SS pod shout outs and a due process this week. But first let's start off like we always do and check in with our wonderful cast of characters. And, Michelle, I feel like you should bat lead off on this one today. Should I? How's the sure. move going? Question mark. Does it sound a little echoey where I am? It does. It also looks very, very bland where you are. Um,
2: our, our move is in limbo. Uh, was stopped as soon as the moving truck took our stuff away because... <laughs> We were unfortunately quarantined uh, due to a potential exposure to COVID of all places at my son's two-year-old well-child visit. And um, so all three of us were tested last week. And unfortunately, my husband is positive. My son and I are negative, but uh, we are attempting to isolate him in a separate room in a mostly empty house with a toddler without our stuff. So so going great
1: (laughs) so when i told my wife this story she was like where's michelle's husband sleeping and i was like spare bedroom a friend's air mattress she's like where's michelle sleeping and i went i don't have an answer to that question are you (laughs) Um, two on an air mattress
2: uh uh-huh yeah so but that was the plan we knew we'd have an in-between of that when we were moving um of a matter of days not an indefinite number of days and we also didn't think we would need two mattresses
1: i can tell you from personal experience i'm a camper mm-hmm. air mattresses are the worst night sleeps i've ever had in my entire life
3: agreed Big i
1: time. um it's like a, it's like a waterbed that leaks air
2: <laughs> yeah yeah my best camping actually was uh hammock camping i most enjoy okay that. i like that. Yeah yeah
1: yeah, I've never done hammock camping, but I have mm-hmm. done air mattress camping. And but Michelle, we have some so sorry
2: All right. well, we have some amazing neighbors because I'm actually not on an air mattress now because oh. um, some awesome neighbors lent us a spare mattress. and um, and then others dropped off dinner and dropped off sidewalk chalk for James. Aww. So we have a really awesome neighborhood. And that's great that's kind of uh, our other neighbors did laundry for us because we obviously don't have laundry and we're not allowed to go anywhere so <laughs> it's it's an interesting in between i'm laughing about it because i know oh well, you some could point, cry
1: that would be the other option yeah that's happened too don't worry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can definitely do that it's, both well, have happened I'm more impressed that you 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 had the foresight to keep a card table, a chair, and your recording equipment so we could still do the podcast. That is podcast dedication.
2: Oh, I mean, that was part of our plan. I knew we'd have an in-between before we would get our our stuff because you never know your delivery date right, with that's fair. movers exactly. So we knew we'd have an in-between. Um, so every time we move, we keep an air mattress and we keep the pack and play for James and we keep some camp chairs and a folding table Ooh. but it's basics you know
1: do you have one of those like fold up pack and play nightstand things for james
2: i don't know what that is but that sounds fancy
1: oh we have one when uh, michael and andrew were little and then for mm-hmm. baby evie we'll have it as well and it is basically a nightstand like, uh, no no not a nightstand it's like um a, a bed i'm sorry it's like a, a fold up pop-up bed for oh for
2: yeah nightstand. that's yeah that's what he sleeps in yeah okay, i thought yeah, you yeah. said a nightstand and i was like not i don't bad. have that
1: no it's like you put i was thinking it's like a nightstand because you can put it next to wherever you're at and the baby is like nightstand height
2: yes it is a pack and play equivalent it is not pack and play brand but yes, yes that
1: is awesome <laughs> well
2: it's a travel bed thanks for being with us yeah happy to be here <laughs> it's a nice distraction and thankfully like i said right ryan's um symptoms are mild. Hopefully that doesn't change. And hopefully James and I don't show any.
1: Absolutely. That's right. Michael, you get to follow that. What has been going on with you?
3: Oh man. Uh, (laughs) I've been uh, just, just the, the teletherapy over the past two weeks has really, uh, really, really risen. Uh, There's been a lot more interest in, in parents wanting their kids to get teletherapy. I guess they're in the the doldrums of summer of their kids kind of, uh, you know, I'm kind of hearing the same sort of things of, you know, their their middle school and high school age teens kind of sitting around the house, playing on their phones, playing too many video games, not interacting. Uh, so kind of not really utilizing these summer months and, you know, worrying about some regression and a lot of question marks of what's going to happen in the fall with school. So uh, I've been working a, a ton these past couple of weeks and, uh, kind of re- remaining socially distant myself. Uh, I-, I did get a chance to play a little bit of golf yesterday, so that was nice. Uh, but besides that, just, uh, just just keeping at it with the, these, these online Zooms. So I read an article, and we're not going
1: to talk about it today, but it said that private practices are seeing a boom during pandemic if they are able to transition uh, for telepractice really would you believe that or would you agree with that or is that you think just hyperbole and, was that and was that for speech therapy private practice it said therapy private practices in general otpt
3: and speech together uh Probably not. i don't i don't know specifically about that maybe i think we'll get into that discussion a little bit later cuz i think yeah. there's i think there's some kids that are that used to get tons of services and now get none so they kind of need to go to these private businesses Mike, uh, you're trying to convince me not to open a private practice. I see what you're trying to do. I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think there's a major issue with mental health right now. I, <laughs> yeah, think, I, think, I, I think anxiety is skyrocketing and depression is skyrocketing. I think that's, a, that's an area that I'm, I'm sure is exploding. I don't really know about uh, speech and, you know, OTPT.
2: I, I haven't seen that article or, or what you were saying there, Matt, but I will say working for a hospital-based clinic you know, that is an offsite of a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, we were not able to do teletherapy during the closure, but anyone I know who worked in a smaller, privately-owned practice was able to. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm hypothesizing on reasons, but I think there's a little bit more restrictions on some of that Makes when sense. you're with a big hospital versus when you're a privately-owned clinic. No, so I did get that. know that there were patients who were being seen at our clinic who sought out services elsewhere because they could get them through um, teletherapy.
1: Yeah I get that I get that completely For me the past week uh, just therapy, I have uh, found a new love for I have to get the name right Buffalo Trace's white dog mash number one.
2: Man, we're back to talking about bourbon and I'm it, I'm trying no, to leave it's, not it's not a bourbon
1: It's not a bourbon it's
2: Buffalo Trace though.
1: Oh. It's their version of Everclear.
2: Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: like a 125 proof or whatever it is. It's fine. But (laughs) it's delicious and it's sweet and it tastes like corn. But I've learned to love that. And uh, I continuously get tested for COVID, which is wonderful. And Michelle, I was talking to you a little bit off the air. On Monday, I got an email from work that said, on Thursday, the National Guard will be here testing everybody come in, sign this paper, and if you don't sign it, you're not going to have a job after Thursday. What? (laughs) And I've officially hit the age where the guardsmen look like children, and the person that I identify with the most is their? I guess you could call them their commanding officer, the older dude who was probably in his thirties, standing in the middle of the room. Yeah, the officer
2: or the
1: non-commissioned officer. Yeah, yeah one of the two. <laughs> directing these children on where, and I say children wholeheartedly, with with tongue. They're in probably
2: cheek. eighteen to twenty-two.
1: They. That's exactly it. They were probably in their early twenties, and I have now hit that age in my mid-thirties where I can look at someone at the age of twenty-two and go. Are you old enough to like drive, young man? <laughs> I sound like my grandpa.
2: Well, I mean, it's, it I happens, think where man. you hit your 30s and you start to hit that too, because you start, I've I've had doctors now that are younger yeah. than me, <laughs> um, you know, specialists I've gone to see that are younger than me. Uh, par- and I think the big one for me that was, um, I remember, I think it was in grad school and I realized I had. Parents of patients that were younger than me, and that really
1: threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy.
2: Now that's totally common, but
1: now I will say this that when I've gotten, I've, I've done the drive through test at Kroger's with the nurses, I've had drive through testing with nurses. At You've my been facility. tested more than anyone else. I think I I've been tested six times. I'm on an every two week plan
3: through my job. That's pretty impressive, right? So, I how, well How long so, do the results take? Uh, about five days. Yeah, that's what happened to me.
2: Mine were the same day. <laughs>
1: nice. So I will give I will give credit where credit is due. Well, that is awesome. Actually, the same day. I'll give credit where credit is due, and my my facility is really doing what they call an offensive to test everyone that works there every two weeks to make sure that there is nobody asymptomatic spreading it around the nursing facility. The nursing I
2: think facility. that's an I, that is impressive.
1: I think that's very impressive. Got to do it. Yeah. Especially so,
3: the nursing homes were just hit so hard.
1: Uh-huh. So I actually don't mind going in to get tested every two weeks. I I kind of, I don't want to say I look forward to it, but it definitely is. There's this like peace of mind after you get tested every other week and go, yep, I'm still good. Like that is is allergies. Right. That's true <laughs> too. But what I was going to say though was, uh, the guardsmen, the children that I had give me the COVID test today. The uh, children. <laughs> the children. The children of the guardsmen. Um, it was like much quicker than anything else that I have done. Like I've rolled up to like the Kroger testing and they were like, okay, we're going to roll the window down and do this. And when I went to my testing, they're like, hi, Matt, how's it going? Here, they, I, I made a joke and they're like, we're not going to scrape your brain. And then they're like, tilt your head up and then they're like we're done and then i started to walk out the wrong door
3: there you go so
1: (laughs) yeah still don't know why they just showed up but hey whatever maybe it was a training exercise (laughs) i'm wondering if they were training them that's what i'm wondering i mean they didn't look like they were like they knew what they were doing but they didn't look like I don't know maybe it was maybe we're like the training for like in case everyone has to be mandatory tested i don't know maybe so, we wanted to hear from you how many times have you been covid tested are you in quarantine is your private practice skyrocketing hit us up speech podcast.com you can email us speech science podcast at gmail.com you can hit us up on the discords discord.speechsciencepodcast.com Hashtag it up SS Pod or 614-681-1798. Uh, both that or that number can have both text messages and phone calls. 614-681-1798. All right. So we do have an SS pod shout-out. Uh, the SS Pod shout out is your opportunity to recognize somebody who is doing something awesome in the field of speech and language therapy. Uh, we have recognized people for starting new communities. Uh, last week, we, we recognized a uh, professor for getting a $1.4 million grant uh, for research. And this week, Mike, you have it from Tara Sumter, correct?
3: Yes, uh, Tara Sumter. She's, a, she's another SLP specializing in executive functioning, someone I've, uh, I've, I've chatted with quite often uh, on the social interwebs. Uh, so, someone we who shares- so old
1: when we say yeah. social interwebs.
3: <laughs> someone <laughs> so who, interwebs. Uh, someone who I really enjoy talking to. We have a lot of the great. Uh,
2: if you give uh, a blog. website and say W, like World Wide Web, and w- oh, of w-
3: then we know. Of
1: <laughs> Kids, so. tell your tell your friends about this show. We are so hip. Anyway, continue. That's right.
3: Mike. Yep. So, uh, so Tara Sumter, she wanted to give a great speech science shout out to Tina Moreno for starting Camp Alec. And I believe our, uh, our lovely host, Matt, has some information on Camp Alec.
1: Yeah, Camp Alec is a, and I just lost it. It is a camp for, uh, for children with physical disabilities whose main mode of communication is uh, AAC. And she formed Camp Alec with uh, Gina Cunningham. And uh, Tina Moreno's website is voicesforall.wordpress.com. So
2: where is the camp located? Oh, you asked that too quickly. Where are they? I was just curious. I've heard the name of it before, and I, I feel like it might have come up once before in another podcast, but it's I'm hosted super by,
1: interested in it. It's hosted by Indian Trails Camp in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Ah, there that's why
2: I've heard of it, because the training I went to for AAC, there was ah. there were a couple people from Michigan who talked about it.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah, they've got a camp coming up August 9th through the 14th. Hopefully, that's still soon, and that's still coming up. So that's pretty cool. Nice. So Very great cool. shout out. If you know somebody who is doing something awesome that needs to be recognized for the wonderful things they're doing in speech and language therapy, hashtag it SSPOD shout out or email or phone call and let us know now. We have this part of the show, and normally we glance over it because there is nothing anyone has sent in, but we also have the SS Pod due process. That is where you can make your complaint anonymously if you would like, and this week it is anonymous, I believe, and what it is is tell us your complaint, we'll read it on air, we'll debate it, and then uh, we'll put it out for public consumption, and you, the listener, get to tell us your thoughts. So Mike, you also have a due process this week, Correct.
3: Yes we do. We had uh we had many many people visiting our speech underscore under underscore I'm <laughs> not under. Not, <laughs> How speech, much white mash have you had tonight? Mike? <laughs> I almost said intercourse instead of underscore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speech underscore Jeez. science. Uh <laughs> so but there are many many people on there this this past weekend and week um uh, commenting on our comments on the cancellation of the Asher conference and the speech science uh, shout out and due process and everything. A lot of great conversations happening there. So that's always great to see everyone chatting it up. Uh, but we have an anonymous due process here discussing how schools have been closing for COVID and how IEPs have, many IEPs have generally been out of compliance. And many of these individuals with severe special needs and, and special needs in general have gone quite some time now since about March without consistent therapy.
1: That's a good due process. Uh, Michelle, would you like to start? Mike, would you like to start or? Yeah, I mean, I'll
2: jump in. Um, we've talked about it before, but I think the people who are most impacted by these closures and by having to switch to teletherapy are often our most severe kids, our most involved kids, right? With multiple diagnoses, who with multiple therapies, because there's no way that they're getting all the services they were before in person
3: absolutely yeah just seeing just seeing the overall national debate obviously you know um, just today the the press secretary said that uh the president wants schools to reopen and science should not get in the way of that that was her exact quote yeah uh, so did you on-
2: listen to i listened to the full clip because i wanted some context to that statement and it still
1: is i mean i was ter- going to say is it any better than that or is it it's just-
2: no, it, it, if you listen to like the couple minutes, it sounds like what she was meaning to say, and I'm obviously inferring this, and I'm not trying to say she she said that was a terrible thing to say, but um, it sounded like what she meant was saying, uh, the science is in line with us because the science they're looking at, it's validation, you know, it's confirmation bias. They're looking for science to back up what they want, just like saying. anybody is, right? We all are looking for whatever your stance is, people are often looking for science to support that. So the science she's quoting or talking about, if you look at that clip, is saying that kids are less likely to have a severe case or be affected by COVID. And that's one piece of what we know, but COVID is so new and the research is so early on that there's so much we don't know. And like you said, that one line just was (laughs) I just shook my head.
3: Yeah, and, and Betsy DeVos is pretty, uh, I think the one quote that's been passed around the most is that, you know, worst case scenario is uh, 0.01% of kids die from schools reopening. And if you look at, the, at the, the, you know, the, the actual data, the actual numbers, in terms of all kids in school in America, that's about 14,000 kids. So that's obviously really, really bad. Uh, So, so obviously in general, um, you know, I'm not a big proponent for, you know, overall education. I think the entire, I've always believed the entire education system is broken in this country uh, in terms of, you know, curriculum and standardized testing and just, you know, the content, everything, Um, you know, America has, has always been lower level in terms of education compared to the world. Um, so that's, that's one asset, you know, that's, that's one facet of it. Uh, but when you start to get into special education and kids who receive, uh, free services, not, you know, not free services, but tax paid services through, you know, uh, through the school system, that's a whole nother thing, you know, uh, and, uh, you always hear the argument of, uh, you know, you always hear, uh, should people lose their health insurance? Should health insurance be tied to a job? And you know, there's a very solid argument that these kids are losing crucial time, especially early intervention age and elementary school age. These kids need therapy. And, uh, and a pandemic cannot continue to shut that down and shut them down from getting services. So we need to start strategizing and putting our heads together and figuring out ways for these kids to, to get services, to keep IEPs in, uh, in compliance. But if the vast majority of gen ed kids, it's better for them to do virtual school, it's better for them to stay safe and, and not go into a in, into a large school and contaminate everybody. Uh, I think that's where we need to look at the science and see what's best. Mm-hmm. So, and I
2: think us as, sorry, Matt. You, you, no, go for it. As SLPs, we're at least, even if you're not in a school, you're probably familiar with you know local funding for schools and being like a lot of people I talk to who aren't familiar with that don't realize that those decisions and the funding come from, from, from localities, not from federal, the vast majority. Right. And um, I just, I do, there's no good choice. And I feel for, I don't know if you all have friends at administration and schools, but I have a few friends who work Uh as principals and vice principals and, and uh, you know, school boards and stuff. And I just, I, (laughs) I don't envy their position at all because there's not a decision they can make that will one uh, really support all students because some will benefit more from one than the other. And two, what about the health of of staff and students and vulnerable staff and vulnerable students? So there is no good answer.
1: And this kind of pairs with our first article talking about cuts to uh, New Yorkers working in, and with developmental disorders or disabilities, Mm -hmm. but, kind of kind of jumping onto the due process comment i work in the schools and i and i represent ohio school-based slps and, and all that and this comment is not as a member of any of that it's just my own opinion on this in the schools our job is to help students meet the minimum requirements to attend class and for some students that is the minimal needed to help them understand a reading or to correct an R issue so that they can make friends or, or, or do presentations, or in the more severe cases, getting our students um, the devices that they need so that they can communicate with their peers or, or caregivers. That being said, we are not, unfortunately, we are not in a position to eliminate or completely fix disabilities or disorders in, in the school setting due to uh, low pay, due to low, low funding, due to limited time. Whatever reason you want to put in there, the law states that we need to help our students meet the minimum class, what they need to do in the class. If a parent is relying only on the school-based SLP to fix everything. I think that school-based SLP needs to communicate to the parent what our roles are in the school. Mm -hmm. And that is a very hard conversation. And Mike and Michelle, you guys, they, they should be coming to you in addition to seeing me. And I think too often they don't see you they see just the school based SLP or mm-hmm. the school based physical therapist.
2: Well, I'm going to throw out there just mm-hmm. to add to that. Again, I feel like we go back to insurance approval so often, but having worked in several different outpatient settings now, there are insurances who will not provide payment for services at an outside clinic if the school provides service.
3: And see, that's wrong.
1: I agree. Yes, there's,
3: there's a a million things wrong with insurance in this country. And wow. that's gotta be one of the worst ones. That's that's ridiculous.
1: Like that that blows my mind. Um it's it's hard to have that conversation in the schools, and I've had that conversation many times over the last almost ten years of saying
2: But those are things that just shocked me, you know, when I right. learned those things where I'm like, right. Are you kidding?
1: Right. <laughs> like <laughs> this is Like your student still has a articulation disorder or apraxia or uh, disfluency, but they're on the varsity basketball team. They have a 3.1 GPA. They are, they state that they have friends. Their teachers don't recognize any adverse effect. I have to dismiss your student. And unfortunately, and, and that's an easy one to do. But I think unfortunately, when we look at our more severe students, sometimes we need to do a better job of advocating for insurance to pay for it, I guess, to get our students into to more therapy. And, and the missed IEP minutes, it, we can go back and forth on how do we make up missed IEP minutes. I, I don't have an answer for that because our teacher is going to be expected to meet the missed classroom time. And that's a very selfish comment because how do I fit an additional 80 students in each week to meet with my current 80 students? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I'm just sitting as a school-based SLP raining on everyone's parade right now. No, you're good.
3: You're making some valid points, dude.
1: Yeah. In other words, send your kids to private practice and speech therapy in the schools.
3: <laughs> well, there needs to be more, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it all depends on where you're located. It all depends on, you know, the, the, the thing with this whole issue is that, you know, we've all heard the phrase, you're never going to please everybody. And has there ever been a more greater situation where that that sentence applies? This whole reopening of schools thing, there are so many parents mm-hmm. I talk to that say, I don't care what they do. I am not sending my kid back. And there's some parents that say, what the hell am I going to do if I can't send my kids back? So I've, I've heard
2: both sides. Like, yeah. I'm definitely not sending my kid back and others, who my kids are going back no matter what. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they have to for work or childcare or whatever the reason is.
1: Mm-hmm. So I will be going back to school in August and we will not be sending my oldest to school in August. I mean... That is the double-edged, wonderful sword of where we're at right now, dealing mm-hmm. with schools and and what's Ridiculous. going on. Yep. I mean, a lot of the research has shown that COVID is a is a. I'm just sword. I'm watching your
2: sons in the background right. and I'm loving My it. Sorry. Kidding.
3: And now he's getting kisses on the cheek from them. Oh, uh, give you I'll give you a play-by-play of Matt and his kids. <laughs> okay, they're both hugging him. <laughs> They're now. They just walked away. One they has no their shirt on, and, and he ran it. away. <laughs> and they're gone.
1: <laughs> and they're gone. But, um. So anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So no, I will be. I'll be working in the schools, but I will not be. We will not be sending our oldest to school into first grade. And and what we know from COVID is that it is a it, it's it's a vascular swelling disorder. And that's why there is more respiratory effects for older adults. That's why younger adults are having strokes. That's why young children are having what they call, have you heard this, COVID toe? Yes. Where for for those of you that don't know what that is, it's like a blood clot that causes your toe to go purple, which Mm -hmm. sounds terrifying, but it's happening in younger kids because of the the smaller blood vessels. But that means- Vascular issues, yeah. mm -hmm. So it looks like kid to kid transmission might be lower, but adult to kid is still pretty high, and I and I don't know if I can trust the school district to keep my kids safe in that situation.
2: Mm-hmm. So, it, can I ask what what's your plan? What are you guys doing?
1: Um, well, so my wife and baby Evie will be laid up in September, and well, meaning will, she's giving birth. She's giving to baby birth Evie. in September. <laughs> in, 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 there we go. In, in September. <laughs> But we will be doing online five days a week. They've told us that the plan is that he'll have about four to six hours of work to do each day. Okay. And that he'll be following a class schedule. So okay. for his grade, he'll have recess times, which is cool. He'll have lunch times. And they have it set up for classes to start at 8 a.m. or classes to start at 11 a.m. Hmm. But 11 a.m. runs to like 6. And the 8 a.m. is over at 3. So,
3: Okay. Yeah. Crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you. And I think we're going to take a break at this point because this was a good old long discussion at the beginning. We want to hear from you. Head over to our website, speechsciencepodcast.com, and email us your thoughts, at gmail.com or hashtag it up, SS Pod or 614 681 179 eight. Dr. Meredith Herald tells us why we need to dive in deeper than just reading the headlines. You're listening to Speech Science. Hi,
0: I'm Mei-Ling Chan.
2: And I'm Martin Sibley.
0: And we are the hosts of the Exceptional Leaders Podcast, where we spotlight high profile topics and amazing people who are changing the worldview on disability.
2: Even though we are oceans apart, we are bringing people from all over the world together to discuss inclusion, advocacy, accessibility, and real life journeys.
0: So listen to the Exceptional Leaders podcast to hear the voices and stories from amazing changemakers and be inspired to make a real difference in the world.
3: Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
1: Joined by the Informed SLP's Dr. Meredith Harold. Dr. Harold, thank you for joining us.
0: Of course. It's always fun to chat with you, Matt.
1: So I thought this week we would change up the Informed SLP uh, moment in the show. And I want to really bug your brain or pick your brain about what we're seeing in the media about all these headlines. And what should we be scared of? And a thousand kids are dead in California or 800 people have caught this in a small town. What Mm -hmm. should we really be looking at as school-based SLPs are wondering, should we go back to school? Should I send my kid to daycare? How do we break down these, these news stories?
0: Yeah, it's tough and I actually think, you know, as stressful as it is to read the headlines right now and as scary as a lot of them are, it's actually a really good opportunity to kind of hone your skill set when it comes to making sure that you don't just take every headline as is. Like I saw the one the other day that said something like, um, you know, a hundred babies infected with coronavirus, right? And so the that headline is obviously meant to make us say, oh my goodness, this is terrifying. Like You know, but what you've got to do every time you read a headline is make sure that you also look at the paper itself and see where the data is coming from and what they're talking about, because there's a massive difference between uh, 100 babies infected with coronavirus in a city that isn't that large. That's catastrophic as opposed to 100 babies infected with coronavirus across all of Europe, you know, and you've got to really pay close attention to those numbers in order to be able to make sense of any
1: So how do we approach it as the SLPs? You said this is a perfect opportunity to hone those skills. Yeah, I'm a school based SLP. My SLP co worker, my teacher friend posts, uh, we should or shouldn't do this because headline. What's my first step?
0: to look at the actual article itself (laughs) which is painful because sometimes you don't have time and I understand that and you know what if you don't have time which a lot of times I don't have time we don't have time to read every headline that we come across then just be real cautious about not sharing it because you don't know how accurate it is you know so like if you don't have time to fact check just don't share it (laughs) don't share it
1: now, if more people want to find out more information, where should they go about you and all the other research that you guys are you're doing awesome stuff with?
0: Yeah, so um, the information from The Informed SLP is housed at www.theinformedslp.com, and we read, digest, summarize, and explain all of our field's research, and actually right now, all the COVID research that's relevant to SLPs as well.
1: I've been sharing out that, uh, the little blurb that you guys have got all about the school-based stuff, mm-hmm. I've been sharing it with all of my coworkers.
0: Yep, yep, that's what they we're there for, to read the stuff that you don't always have time to read. To learn more about this paper and other new research, check out our reviews on theinformedslp.com. There's links to both the original article and the review in the show notes. The Informed SLP makes it easy for you to stay up to date on all of the clinically relevant research across the lifespan that comes out every month. Know what works to do what works.
1: Week science episode number 120. Guys, we have made it. I'm mad hot. Joined by Michelle and Mike. Hi guys. Hi. What's up? So we talked about it last week about how we decided just roughly to change into seasons. So we are like midway through this season. We are two-thirds of the way through this season, guys. Look at that. <laughs> so for those Cranking of you, them out. Just well, I know Mike
2: out, and I have been on since what episode 30.
1: I think so.
3: And look so at us you're now. you're
1: almost at your centennial episode Ooh, look at that right
3: <laughs> best podcast going but
1: i think yeah i think this will have we'll get up to about episode 132 133 and then we'll take a couple weeks off for uh the the holidays at the end of the year so get that yeah kicking it in the fourth season all right this next article uh is coming from where is it coming from it is coming from Fox 26. And this was all over Facebook. And I just want to hear your guys' responses. <laughs> doctors are hiring interns to be speech therapists. Oh, geez. And Michelle, you had an art you had a link from the the news station, I believe, right?
2: Um, I'll have to find it, but we can find the link. But oh no, it, it wasn't from the news
1: station, it was from the actual doctors. It
2: was from the university mm-hmm. hospital, I believe. And they're the, like, yeah, the at UT Health Um, in their statement about it. um, So I don't know if people listening have heard it, but what happened is um, med students at McGovern Medical School at UT Health um, were trying to do things to support the physicians there who, you know, kids were out of school if they needed tutoring, if they needed anything else. And what this article sold as a big example of that was a med student who was, quote, doing speech therapy. And then the interview showed her saying, Oh, yeah, I didn't, I'd never done it before, obviously. So I looked up things on YouTube. (laughs) And, and so of course, the speech pathology community was up in arms on social media, like, well, screw my masters, I should have just gone to YouTube. Um, And the follow up was a statement from, I believe from UT Health, right? Right. That said, no, it, it, this med student was super helpful to this kid, but they were c- doing exercises given to the family by the SLP. It just, either it was a ho- poorly, poorly reported article um, or they, and they cut clips of an interview, but someone missed clarifying that if that was the case or potentially this person was doing something out of line with what they should be doing.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. both. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So having worked in news, I will say this. And I used to work in TV and radio and, and this is what bugs me when everyone's like, Oh, the news reporters are purposely, no, listen, sometimes an article gets floated your way from a source and you run out there with your camera guy or your camera girl, and you've got camera woman or cameraman, you've got an hour to record their interviews and get their story and it may be in an area that you know about. It may be in an area you have no idea about. And on the way to the next story, you are Googling your research to find out what they said, if it can be verified. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. a big conspiracy. this. But I do blame the the Med Research Hospital, by the way. Yeah. Like, and- yeah
2: yeah maybe it's a good lesson learned for this future med student
1: lesson learned don't ever do speech therapy without a license
3: i also saw one thing today where uh i think it was like a 15 dollar class from groupon to to become a speech and language specialist i did see that what is Mm -hmm. a speech and who knows yep whatever it is man but that that's a lot cheaper than my master's degree i should have just done that
2: You know what, though? We are not the only field fighting those kind of things. Like for those who heard my interview months back with um, Martha Firstol, who's a pediatric dietitian, she talked about how much she has to emphasize with people that she is a RD, a registered dietitian, because anyone out there can call themselves a nutritionist. And like if we as SLPs make a referral to someone for feeding, we need to say to an RD, to a registered dietitian, because you can hop online and grab a $15 certification and say you're a nutritionist.
1: Wow. So now the art, that this Groupon, it's only $13 now. It's 89%. Oh,
2: so I guess what I'm wow. saying is anybody can say I'm a speech specialist or a speech and language specialist, but they cannot say that they are a speech language pathologist, like a degree, you know. This
1: is from the International Open Academy.
3: Isn't that crazy? That's, that sounds it sounds legit. It's like Trump University. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I guess I'm, what I'm saying is there's a lot of fields who have to combat things like this.
1: No, that's fair. Sorry. I'm looking up the International Open Academy, and they have courses on American Sign Language, special education needs, forensics. Ooh, car maintenance
2: what maintenance
1: car maintenance that's kind of cool oh i could take a class on pet first aid
2: okay
1: or speech science or uh, a speech specialist there you go oh all right our last (laughs) article our last article this is coming from mit the massachusetts institute of tech you know they do science uh signs of covid 19 (laughs) may be hidden in speech signals I thought this was super interesting and this takes me back to- Speech oh, science class. Yeah, speech science class. That was taught by doctor, <laughs> who was that That taught that?
2: Oh, you're ma- you asked me too fast. I'll think of it soon.
1: Yeah. But anywho, uh, looking at the wave file of a voice and then going back and listening to it, you may be able to pick up signs that the person speaking has COVID. This is
3: really cool, guys. Yeah, this definitely is speech. I think it crash. was
1: Dr. Lee, right? Yes, yes, Dr. Lee at Ohio University. Yeah, he was incredible. Yeah, but basically, what it looks at is there's an algorithm to extract features from the vocal signals in each audio sample, and they are not being able to be heard by the naked ear, or the raw ear. But when you put them through a processor, kind of like what we use when we pro- when we uh, edit the show through like Adobe Audition, you can pull out certain markers that are related to covid
2: and they're talking about because it deals with muscle swelling and and fatigue
1: right correct correct
2: that's so interesting
1: says picture these speech subsystems as if they are the wrists and fingers of a skilled pianist normally the movements are independent and highly complex now picture if the wrist and finger movements were to become stuck together moving as one this coupling coupling would force the pianist to play at a much simpler tune
2: And I want to look at, they also mentioned that MIT Institute for Brain Research already has an app called Voice Up. And they're talking about integrating vocal screening for COVID-19 into it, Voice Up app. um, And which the, the app was initially developed to study the link between voice and depression. So kind of markers, same idea, like what vocal changes are there. With depression and i thought this was i mean this could be so interesting because they said people also report regions where they are and that could potentially be used to pinpoint hot spots or predict hmm. the percentage of people who have a disease in different regions of the country
1: see and this is interesting to me because it it you know they say that there's a loss of taste and smell with COVID, mm-hmm. and if we some know some that people that's
2: their only symptom mm-hmm.
1: and if we know it's a vascular swelling it would make sense that if you put a little pressure on a nerve, you're going Mm -hmm. to lose sensation. And let's go back to neuro class. There's two types of nerves. There's the sensory nerves, and then there's the action nerves, making it very basic. And if there's a little pressure on the sensory nerve, you're not gonna taste or smell. So I would think that if there's a little pressure on the action nerve, you may have some very subtle vocal quality changes. it's super interesting. yeah
3: isn't our field the best guys?
1: Do you know I was talking to a patient today
3: they asked me they said, do you like your job? That's uh, I've heard that question so many times and every a lot of, time, a, lot of teen, a lot of teenagers ask me that do like they did, really? you go, did you go to school for this or something? Like, Did yeah, you actually, choose to do this? Actually, I went to a lot of school.
1: Yeah, you're like, I have so much debt. I am that guy on that lawnmower. I'm in debt to my eyeballs.
3: Mm-hmm. On the
2: lawnmower? What is have that? Have you ever one? seen that? Commercial? Is that a commercial?
1: Yeah, I'll send it to you in the What tuned. is
2: it a commercial for? Or do you just remember
1: the I don't re- I just remember <laughs> that. I yeah. think it was like about like finances and like but it's like, this guy's just happily mowing his lawn. And they're like, how are you? And he's like, I'm in debt to my eyeballs. <laughs> but no, like uh, people ask me that question all the time. And I keep saying that I love this field because it, it's so encompassing. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to be able to hear, oh, there's vocal quality changes. And you go, oh, that makes sense. And my brain lets me know why that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. That yeah, just, reminds me,
1: I had a success in therapy today. Kind of really to that. So I can't go into too many details, but it was a, an evaluation for a patient who thought they were having a decrease in memory and did the eval and they were borderline. And we were talking and we talked about the effects that stress and hunger and depression can have on the memory and how this person had some really good strengths and some questionable stuff. And they realized that a lot of the stuff that they thought they were having trouble with might be stuff that they've had trouble with for a long time. And it relieved a bunch of stress off that person's uh, off their plate. Hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll go into more non vague details after the show. <laughs>
2: so. Yeah. Hey, well, you said stress and things. Um, I, uh, I agree with all the moms out there who I'm sure you know Matt you've heard from your wife the idea of a pregnancy brain and as a parent like I think there's I know there's research on this I'd have to find it but the idea of memory issues after you have (laughs) pregnancy and give birth and I think part of it is because you're like outsourcing you know your big priority becomes your kids so you end up no. sometimes discounting things for yourself or forgetting simple things for yourself because because you're concerned about things for your kids.
1: Man, the brain is awesome. I mm-hmm. wish I was more like you guys and working executive functioning in private practice. But
2: you, it, you always say practice private practice, but it's
1: well, Okay. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Like Mike's in private practice.
1: <laughs> clinical slash private practice. How's that? <laughs> there the, you go. The, you the go. clinical side. So. Yeah cool all right well let's look forward to next week uh michelle hey (laughs) what do you think you might be doing this next week side note when this airs i want you guys to know that when this airs this will drop on the 21st and do you know what that saturday is the 25th six months before christmas and in honor I am wearing my Sithmas shirt tonight <laughs> to the broadcast. Christmas in July. I worked at a Boy Scout camp. You know, it's isn't it five Jimmy months Buffett
2: before music. Christmas? S-
1: Christmas in July. It doesn't matter. It's Christmas <laughs> in July. So you
3: so you wore your Sithma shirt tonight because when this because you're recording a podcast. <laughs> that, that when, when it, it airs ends, <laughs> week, that when it airs It'll be I, four I, days before Christmas. A in four July. days before. Five For, months till correct, Christmas correct,
2: on correct, yeah. the
1: twenty fifth. Yeah. Someone may be listening it's to this. It's closer on Saturday, than you realize. Yeah.
3: If you're it's a whole to month this,
1: closer, Matt. Yeah. If you're listening to this on Saturday, July twenty fifth, Merry Christmas in
3: July. That's like being like, oh yeah, we're, we're related, but you know, it's through the, you know, my, my second cousins. So
1: you say the long line <laughs> there. I do genealogy stuff, and Uh-oh. Uh-oh. there is a website, and I think it's called Family Search. Yeah, it's Family Search. And can I log in real quick without taking forever? And there's a way and it says like how am i related to this famous person and i am related to the queen of england through like some crazy crazy thing uh, uh oh goodness man <laughs> i'm looking it up because you guys talk tell me what your week's gonna be like when i look this up
2: um, I hope that I am no longer in an empty house, <laughs> quarantining, <laughs> and that my whole family is healthy. There you go.
3: <laughs> yes. And I will be in my house, sitting in front of my computer, nonstop, getting about 10 minutes of sun, sunshine every day. Okay. Okay. How about that?
1: I will be at a Boy Scout camp this week, this weekend, with my son. So. Kind of exciting. Awesome. That's about it. I don't have anything other super exciting things going. on. Yeah,
2: there. I'm the. I mean, the only work related one for me is I'm trying to wrap up discharges and stuff from afar because unfortunately, I'm unable to see for good reason see my patients in person before we move now. Um, so I've been making phone calls and you know wrapping up with families and giving them activities for home. Over I was going to say, are you getting phone. to call
1: them when you do that or no?
2: Um, I am, (laughs) yeah.
1: That's cool.
2: Yep. Calling them and doing discharges. Because I had already kind of weeded down my caseload knowing that I was leaving. So I didn't Mm -hmm. take any new patients since we reopened. That makes Um, sense. So if any kids discharged, I didn't fill their slot as I phased my way out.
1: Yeah, I do that with uh, home health care. Like when Mm -hmm. I know that I am uh, going to be transitioning back into the schools, I'll just not take on that new patient. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: yep. Oh, I can't find it, guys. You have lucked out. I can't tell you how I'm related to to the Queen of England.
2: Add it in the show said. notes when you oh, figure it out, it. <laughs> Matt. Oh.
1: <what> <laughs> Anyway, let's wrap this up. The music's playing. No one's paying attention anyway. They probably turned the show off. Our opening music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazard's licensed under an attribution and share alike license. Bump music is County Fair Rock, copyrighted John Deku. His music is over at SoundCloud.com slash Music. The Informed SLP and our closing music are both licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license. One is At the Count by Broke for Free, the other is The Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod in the immortal words Janice Wright be a willow don't be an oak the oak will crack under pressure Michelle be a willow the pressure will bend you but you will return to form you'll be beautiful and strong aw thanks Matt unless you're the weeping willow then you just hang there
2: (laughs) I'm I'm being a willow for fellow willows (laughs)
1: Michael McLeod, Michelle Wondering I'm Matt Hot. until next week so long everybody
3: bye
2: This has been an Exceptional Podcast Network production. Speech Science is edited and produced by MWH Production. Please follow Speech Science on Twitter at SpeechSciencePC and like our page on Facebook. For more original podcasts, please visit ExceptionalEd.com and rate and subscribe to our podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts.